In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. It's finally here. The season is happening and we are ready to go. I'm with my boy Ian. Ian, how are we doing, buddy? I am good. We don't have Paul. It's the, it's the season premiere. Week one, he's trying to find contacts in the U.S. Embassy. He's trying to get into the States, but we can't even get on his own damn podcast. So outside of that, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. Real NFL football tomorrow. Browns on Sunday. Oh, I can feel it. It's close. It's almost here. Ah, Christmas. It, it's great. I can't wait. Head straight home from work tomorrow. Go to bed. Get up at 1 a.m., watch the game and go back to bed and then get up for work. So uh, it's a commitment Thursday night football, but um, no way I'm missing a finally here NFL. I will say, I don't think you, Paul, and some of our other international viewers get enough credit for the actual legitimate life sacrifices that have to be made to watch nighttime NFL football. Because for those that don't know, from Cleveland to London is about five hours. Obviously, Chicago, six hours. So when we talk about like 8.20 kickoffs, we're talking about 1.20 UK time. So imagine coming home from work at seven o'clock, telling your wife and kids, you're going to bed. Now, I know neither of you are married, but still there are some that are. I'm going to bed. Then I'm waking up at midnight to watch a football game at 1 a.m. Do me a favor, fans. Ask your significant others and or kids if that's acceptable and then get back to us with what their answer is. But please don't use the full words on Twitter. Use kind of symbols and things to magically make us you know, know what words you're talking about. We don't need any vulgarity in our Twitter timelines. It's always Sunday night football is the one that I basically never watch because there's no pre-sleeping because the game's kicking off at six and uh, which is the one o'clock game for you guys. And then I watch another game and then it's like, there's that gap as well. You get an hour's gap between the the second slate of games and the final game. And that's like, yeah, I'm falling asleep on the sofa, but where it's like, what, 10 hours of straight football. It's, uh, yeah. And it's one, of the, one of the benefits for me moving from the East Coast to now Central time is that first kickoff's at noon. So we do the church thing in the morning. We get back. You know, I do whatever I need. If I got to cut grass, I get all of this stuff done because the rule in the right household is, you know, I have to have all my list of chores done. Otherwise, it will be a very interrupted day of football as opposed to if I get them all done, then it is an uninterrupted day of football. So, yeah, come 12 o'clock, I can plop my happy ass right on that couch and it goes nonstop till about 11 p.m. And guess what? Then it's time for bed. So it works out perfect in the real time. The benefit of moving that kickoff from 1 to 12 is quite magnificent. And I even talked to some people on the West Coast. They talk about that 10 a.m. kickoff is even better. So I don't know. You guys out in London, you're going the other way. So hat tip to you guys for that one. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. And uh, talking about games, still look good for the Christmas Day game. We still no news on whether America's actually going to let me into the country. But we're here in event around November. We might get some wiggle room. So uh, fingers crossed. Christmas Day, I'm coming for you, Wisconsin. Hey, it's right up the street. I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, I got to plan around a couple things, some some life things going on there right around that 
that Christmas holiday. So we got to figure that out. But yeah, for the most part, hopefully we can get up there to Lambo. It's easier for me. Who knows? I mean, the state of these countries and in and outs and heck, I mean, even the mighty Paul Brown can't get out of the country. So who's to say anybody else can? It's crazy. But no, now let's turn our attention. Week one. Oh, we actually, are we going to talk about the off season before we jump in? Well, before, before we get into this, this, un, you know, this uninspiring, uninteresting game here between the Browns and the Chiefs that I'm sure nobody will be watching, we sit down and we go, man, you know what? The preseason was what it was. It, it wet the whistle for us a little bit. Jack, what was the most interesting story of the Browns offseason? Because we just went six months, nothing, right? Seven months. We had the draft in there for a little bit. But what was the most interesting thing to you in this Browns offseason? Well, not just the most interesting if you ask me what's the only thing that's happened in the entire offseason, I can think of one thing that's happened. Nick Chubb got paid. And it's like, other than that, nothing. Oh, well, obviously, if we go right back to free agency, but since, since free agency, since the draft, I cannot think of anything other than one thing that happened, and that was Nick Chubb got paid. The wild part is, is I have mine. This is not it. We are, we are more aware of the players in the front offices newborn children being Mac Wilson, Richard Higgins, congratulations on the birth of your two children. Those have honestly been like most talked about things is like, Oh, Hollywood Higgins wasn't at practice because he had a child and stuff like that. But you know what my, honestly, the most interesting, interesting thing that happened this off season was Jack Britt Barry's Twitter, Andrew Barry, getting to see his wife on Twitter, tweet funny things. I, that's been honestly the most interesting thing of the offseason. You know, we didn't have players. We weren't worried about UDFAs in terms of starters. Yeah, it's just our GM's wife being pretty phenomenal on the uh, social media. That's, that's my story of the offseason. But, well, in all kidding aside, we do have a game coming up. Other than the Browns, is there any other games that, you know, kind of interest you? Can I could maybe the Steelers, Bills? Um, I'm trying to think of some other decent ones. Packers Saints. I don't know. That's probably going to be a snooze. The Sunday night game is the Bears and the Rams. I'm not going to lie. I don't think many people out here in Chicago are looking forward to that. And the Monday night game is the Raiders and the Ravens. I don't know, Jack. I think this Browns Chiefs game may stand out amongst the rest. I think that Steelers Bills is the other one. But other than that, is there any other games you're interested in? No, I'd say that's the we are the we're the Big game of the week. Um, maybe Dallas-Tampa, I think, on Thursday night should be it's probably up there for, in terms of quality of game. That that should be really good. Um, if we remember the start of the season for Dallas, hey, the defense was horrendous and the offense was absolutely firing all cylinders. So um, that should be a fun one. But for me, I'm just really interested to see it's the second most new quarterbacks in an NFL season ever. Um, for new team starters, whether it's a trade like Stafford. I think it's just going to be intriguing to watch. It's going to be loads of overreactions, but stuff like, hey, do the Seahawks comfortably beat the Colts? Got some money on uh, Seahawks to win that division. Uh, uh, plus 300, so uh, hoping for some magic. But it's one where I, I just want to see who's really delivering, who's doing well, which teams have screwed it up royally. Um, that for me sort of, one that it's going to be intriguing to see. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, we'll see. I, it's another NFL season. It's some game. I don't know. I just, I look at some of these games and I say all these new quarterbacks. I mean, I usually play a game with my wife 
and I say, Hey, on week one, let's go through all the starting quarterbacks in the league and where they went to college. It's just a stupid thing I do. And you look at it now and you're like, all right, Carson Lynch is in Indy and you got Teddy Bridgewater in Denver and you got golf. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, the quarterback carousel is pretty much the most interesting thing to talk about. And I think after probably two weeks of games, that's going to go away. Yeah, no, um, there'll be some new ones after a couple of weeks as well. No doubt fields and Lance. But I will say there's probably two teams in the league, especially the AFC, that have their quarterbacks locked in. Now, the Browns don't have theirs quite locked in with his name on the line that is dotted. However, the Chiefs do. And this brings us to our game. The Kansas City Chiefs, led by the fighting Patrick Mahomeses versus our Cleveland Browns, led by none other but ours truly, the man, the myth, the legend, Baker Mayfield. So, Jack, what are some storylines going into this game? What are we going to be looking for? predictions usually paul all that stuff but where do you want to go where do you want to start off from let's start with the the browns offense so something that i'm going to be fascinated to see in these first first four weeks um because we saw a trend through last season it started off with baker wasn't playing well and when i say not playing well he was in the bottom three qbs in the league it's not like he was just below average. It was his worst spell ever. The second season under Freddie, he was playing much better than he started last season. And he, he threw a pick six on what is his third pass of the season. It was really bad. And so when people are like, oh, it's the, if you ask them about like the Freddie time, they're like, oh, Baker was bad then. And it was like, Baker was better in, during the Freddie era than he was the first few games last season. So we need to see, is he going to come out firing? Because, hey, he ended the season that way, and it was great. We saw an increase in passing. When we passed more, what happened? We won more, and we were much more efficient. Baker played better. So that, for me, is going to be the fascinating one. Is hey, is Stefanski going to put the training wheels almost back on, or are they off and we're going for it? Because that's what I'd love to see. Hey, you start with a play-action pass and try go for four yards. If we, if we get the ball first, that, that's the sort of thing. I, I want them to be ballsy and go for it. Yeah, it's the offense is something I think we're going to find out going into a second season now what Kevin Stefanski really kind of wants to make his bread and butter because we know the Browns are going to run the ball. We just don't know when. And all the analytics, and listen, I know people want to argue this to the end of time, but the Browns are going to use the pass to set up the run. That's just the way they do it. So the question is, does Stefanski come out with, is our base personnel going to be 11? Is it going to be 12? Heck, we led the league in 13 last year. So we've and got 14. three and 14. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, stiff arm Steve is no longer going to be out there for this one. But yeah. So do the Browns run combinations of how many snaps does Odell get? You know, do they maybe sub in David Njoku in some cases? Like, it's going to be very interesting to see who the five offensive skill players are going to be because for every time you put Janovich on the field, well, now you got to take off one of the guys from the outside. So if you want to run Kareem Hunt, do you want to run Nick Chubb right out the gate? It's going to be interesting to see because ultimately when I look at this Chiefs defense, yes, Chris Jones, very good. Chris, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show on the Chiefs defense. There are three guys that would start on this Browns defense. Chris Jones, Derek Nandi, and Tyron Matthew. That's it. The other ones are pretty bad. We talk about bad linebackers in Cleveland. The Chiefs got some bad linebackers too. One of them being starting linebacker Nick Bolton out of Missouri. We talked about a little bit in the draft lead up. But outside of that, there are corners. I mean, Mike Hughes has been pretty much all over the league. He was a bust out of Minnesota. He's now out there. 
in Kansas City. And then you have, you know, Charvarius Ward on the other side. I mean, he's not all that great. I mean, he's probably of the two of them that are better corner. But Baker Mayfield in this offense really couldn't have asked for a better start. Just look out for Honey Badger and rely on your offensive line. But yeah, I want to see what this offense does because I think they can create some matchup nightmares for this Chiefs defense. And we'll probably see pretty early whether they respect them or not. And this this Chiefs defense had zero respect for the Cleveland Browns when we played them in the playoffs. And I mean zero. They came short. They went, you got nothing. You Nothing you guys can offer that is going to scare us. That's something we need to avoid because what can happen there is that, hey, they just start defending as if you're in the red zone every single play. They've got no fear you're going over the top because you've got no speed and you can't do that. We're now in a much better, stronger position with talent than we had last time we played them in terms of especially the wide receiver room. Players have developed as well. But can we really see if... I, I want to see early on, hey, they're over 20... There's people over 20 yards deep um, because they've got that fear. And we do need to pass. We saw it as probably one of the fatal mistakes we made as a team in that playoff game is there was that long drive. I think it took about 10 minutes and it just killed the clock because the issue is you need a bit of luck to beat Patrick Mahomes. It has to happen. But what you want to do is you want eight attempts for the luck to happen. So by reducing the amount of drives in the game, by running the ball, running the clock down, you actually favor Patrick Mahomes. Whereas if you go the other direction and you go, hey, we're, we're going to have eight attempts or 10 attempts so where the luck could go in our favor, puts you in a much stronger position. So that's one where I do want to see them being aggressive. And a bit like we did against the Titans, that was going to be a game where the Browns were going to run the ball. It was all about Derek Henry versus Nick Chubb. What happened? We went out and we passed. And they just couldn't keep up. Uh, that's where I think we have to be. Well, look what, look what Tampa Bay did to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I mean, they just came out and they said, we're just going to give it to you. You know, they relied on a defensive scheme that it almost seemed like Mahomes had seen it for the first time. I mean, listen, I know, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been crowned, you know, but Todd Bowles put together a defense there in Tampa Bay that almost seemed like they just ran cover two pretty standard and the Chiefs couldn't do anything about it. All of a sudden, Brady and the offense put up a couple points, put them behind the sticks. And then they did that what they did, what we, they did to, Tampa did to them, what they did to us. They basically dropped two. They let everything get completed underneath tackled short and drained out the clock. And it was pretty much a throttle. And after that, because Mahomes' instinct is to push the ball downfield and it just created a lot of mayhem on their offense. But yeah, when I look at, you know, the Browns position players versus this chief's defense, if I'm Stefanski, I think you almost start this game up. Let's open it out wide. You know, let's throw maybe three, four wide receivers out there. Let's test their depth at corner because like I said, outside of, you know, their top two, I mean, Legereus Sneed, I mean, these are guys that let's be honest, if Jarvis Landry can't beat this guy, what the hell is he doing on the field? I mean, that I know there's this, there's conversations about Landry and all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, he's a pretty damn good slot receiver in terms of getting open and moving the sticks. So yes, he's not a blazer, but guess what? We have Anthony Schwartz for that now. So maybe you throw him out there on the first series somewhere, maybe five or six plays into it and just let Baker throw one. And they, to your point, that's going to push those safeties back because now I got Odell Beckham. Now I got Anthony Schwartz. I'm probably going to limit Beckham snaps. I probably only want him maybe 20 to 25 snaps. I don't really want him out there all that much on blocking. 
So in terms of maybe Stefanski devising a game plan where I, I use him as a little bit of a decoy in some cases where I just don't want him getting in the mix there. I just want to let him kind of ease back in. But yeah, I think, I think the Browns are going to have more success against this chiefs defense than ultimately I think people are giving them credit for, you know, when looking at some of those NFL network predictions, by the way, shout out to Mr. Mark Sessler, not a shout out to Mr. Nick Shook. Come on, Nick. What are you doing? Yeah, no, and on the sort of what we do with the offense, and it's it's making that decision of effectively, you've got to look at your tight end slot guys and put them all in a bucket. We can have two of them on the field. Obviously, there's going to be packages where you might go for a third tight end, but what we need is we need at least two wide full-on wide receivers and go deep every time, whether that's your OBJ, whether that's your DPJ, whether that's your Schwartz, whoever it might be, there's got to be that threat all the time. And I, I think, hey, if you're looking at Landry versus Hooper, is there that much difference? No, I, I, I don't think we're talking about a sizably different player. They've got slightly different skill sets, but they're operating in the same area. I think, what, I think it's more Njoku. Think about Njoku and Landry. What does one offer you than the other one doesn't? I think the athleticism is probably higher with Njoku. Correct. So that size and you getting open over the middle, you know, taking advantage of, listen, I know he's from my hometown of Lorraine's Lorraine, but Anthony Hitchens is not a great coverage linebacker. You know, whether I put Landry against him or I put in a joke, I'm going to mix it up short, fast guy. Now I got a tall, big athlete that can run that seam. I don't necessarily want Landry running the seam, but all of a sudden now I put in a joke in there, you know, to run a seam route and pfft, now I got to bring honey badger down to cover that over the top. And now I got a burner on the back end to your point. So the Browns are going to be able to exploit this Chiefs. To your point, you mentioned about, you know, different depths. We talk about short and intermediate. We talk about that, you know, zero to 10 yards, 10 to 20, and then 20 plus. I think the Browns can exploit them in every single level of that. And I think we know that Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski can put together a game, whether Stefanski's in the basement or not. But the, the key thing, and it's what we saw in the playoff game, there has to be the threat of the 20 plus yards. Because there was no threat of the 20 plus yards, we weren't able to where Landry would normally find space. There wasn't space there because why are they going to leave any space there when they know you're not really throwing any more than 15 yards deep. And we need to have, there's always got to be that threat on the field. Ideally one each side to go, you've got to protect 20 plus because as soon as they started protecting 20 plus Landry and Joku Hooper, um, it could be OBJ on a weird route. It could be one of the running backs passing or running. It, it, there's Dimitri, got to be Dimitri Felton. Yeah. Utilize him. Yeah. It's the one thing I think it, we don't want to be cocky in saying it, but the Browns have a better set of skill position players overall than the chiefs do. The chiefs have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They're, they're your top two. If, if you're going to rank skill players, who, who do you want on your team in terms of talent and who's going to make the biggest impact? You go arguing between Kelsey and Hill, who's number one? Yeah, and I would say that Hill is a better, I'm sorry, Kelsey is a better tight end than Hill is a receiver. Now, what Hill does, to your point earlier about stretching the defense, is Hill always on the field puts that doubt in the back of your head. Is he going to break off a 20-yard out route, which is almost unstoppable, because when the cheetah gets going, you're going, 
oh shit, here we go. Let's turn and run. And then he stops on a dime and Mahomes throws a back, you know, back shoulder piss rod to him. I don't know how you defend that because if you don't, if you don't stop your feet, the guy's running by you. So that's where Travis Kelsey, ultimately, how many times does he, va- you know, the, the space that Hill vacates is where Kelsey just turns his zone into. And all of a sudden it's like, well, how is Travis Kelsey so damn wide open? Well, it's because you got the cheetah running four, one, five on the back end of that. So that's the Andy Reed, but think about it. By- Byron Pringle, uh, Miko Hardman. I mean, Hardman's fast. Yes, but he's not a great receiver. The Marcus Robinson. I mean, they're not great outside of Tyree kill the Browns. I take the Browns wide receiver core over the Chiefs wide receiver core every day of the week. And you've got to remember that Tyreek Hill plays the majority of his snaps in the slot. He's actually plays more slot snaps than he does out wide. And that's you, you look at their middle pairing that that's going to be a lot of Kelsey and Hill. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey and Hill either side, maybe the same side of that O-line. That's a problem that the Browns have had in the past. Obviously, it was certainly with tight ends. It could be any old tight end. You could, if we were playing Stefan Carlson, we'd have issues against a tight end. It was that bad for many a year. But that's something where they've got to look at. You're never going to stop Travis Kelsey. You never even don't even start the debate. Is how do you slow him down? Um, because if 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 Mahomes is comfortable. That it's like, look, I can get to at least one of these two guys every snap. It doesn't matter what the rest of the field is because who needs to throw him a Cole Hartman if Travis Kelsey or uh, Tyreek Hill's open? So slot is going to be really, really important for the Browns. And is the linebacker room going to do it? Is the DB going to do it? That, that's going to be the interesting argument. Yeah, so I think on offense, it'll be interesting to see. And we've kind of transitioned into the defense a little bit. And just for the frame of reference, you're right. Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill lines up in the slot 60% of the time. So 60% of the time he's in the slot, 40% of the time he's on the outside or out what they consider wide Browns defense. All right. So we've talked a little bit about Tyree kill. We've talked a little bit about Travis Kelsey outside of that. Nobody really scares me. So in terms of Joe Woods designing a defense, do you shade John Johnson's over the top and let Denzel Ward play trail coverage or, you know, that's your bracket on that. And then do you say, okay, I'm going to use one of my other safeties uh, and say JOK or maybe even a, a Mac Wilson. I mean, somebody on Travis Kelsey to try to keep that underneath and over the top, you know, closed off and then say, Hey, if one of these other guys is going to beat me, I'm not really all that worried about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I saw him last year run. I didn't see anything that really scared me. So from a Browns defense, I mean, we talk about players on uh, defense that would play for the Browns. Well, on offense, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes are the three, un- no doubt it's. And then we get into the debate between Orlando Brown Jr., Jedrick Wills. Conklin's obviously the best tackle of that group. Brown's probably the second best. So we're talking about four out of the 11 guys on offense would play for the Browns. The problem is three of them are Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. So from a Browns defense, what are you trying to do? From Brown's defense, <laughs> you got you got to get there and you got to just destroy the right side of that O-line. The right side of that O-line is absolutely poop. For those, the left for those side, who are not looking, rookie, hey, rookie, rookie. Left side, we'll start with, hey, you've got Orlando Brown. Yeah, he, he's probably not going to play as well as he did in Baltimore. He's obviously moving from right tackle to left tackle. He only did it for about half a season last year. You've got Joe Tooney. Who, Joe Tooney's a great player. Is he elite? No. Is, is, he, is he great? Yeah, he's great. He, you're not sitting there going, he's Petonio. He's as good as Teller last season. He's just below that. 
Um, so they should be com- they should be okay that side as long as Orlando Brown's got it together, which we don't know until we see it. But the rest of that O line, you've just got to destroy it. Um, absolute wrecking ball. Miles Garrett and Clowney, they should be set up to feast. Yeah, Creed Humphrey, the rookie out of Al- our Oklahoma, starting at center. Uh, Trey Smith, the guard, the rookie out of Tennessee, and then Lucas Niang, the rookie out of uh, TCU. I mean, none of these guys even played last year, you know, in the NFL. And now you're going up against Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson, Tack McKinley, Malik McDowell. I mean, do, that's do we need obvious. Andrew Billings to play that much? So because I, I think he's no probably going to be in the, the 20, 20, 22 snaps. Realistically, yeah, it, I would maybe have him out there on first downs, you know, just to say, all right, I'll play a base, I'll play a base nickel on the first down. If they all of a sudden run the ball, let's be honest, the Chiefs are going to probably slowly go into about a 70 30 pass run, right? Yeah. So, this is not a game that I would assume if the Browns take 80 snaps on defense because the Chiefs do run an off tempo offense. So, what's the average about 80 for them? I'd have to go back and look. Um, I would say he he's sub 25% of the snaps and that's not anything against him. Uh, so know, it's, it's, it, hey, if we're playing, if we're playing a team that's going to run the ball all the time, we're playing the Ravens or someone. Hey, I'm, I'm banging yeah. the drum. I, I'm, I'm talking all DTs. It's like, I'm almost to the mindset of it. it's like, if, if tack is good to go, then I want to see a lot of three edged sets, whether it's miles inside, whether it's clowny inside, I almost uh, let's just go for them because if if we get beaten for a couple of runs, I don't really mind. I'm more worried about what Patrick Mahomes is going to do because mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes can go get you 40, 50, well, a touchdown when you've got Tyreek Hill catching it. Whereas Clyde Edwards Lair gets a couple of runs at five to 10 yards. Who cares? So I'd say the chiefs are averaging about 65 to 75 plays on offense. Um, at one point did Mahomes take, over 80 snaps. So I'm looking here at our nice little bar chart. Um, so I would say Billings 15, 15 snaps. And then I'm cycling the other five because I'm sorry right now, Malik McDowell is going to play. They're going to have him out there because what Billings lacks, he provides. And this is a guy that got something to prove. And hey, listen, if you want a game to prove it, Malik, get out there in your first game in the NFL after getting drafted four years ago and run rough shop on the right side of that Chiefs offensive line. You know, you're going to see stunts. You're going to see twists. You're going to see a lot of different creativity because Joe Woods isn't stupid. He knows that those guys are rookies over there. And I'm sorry, you're telling me as a rookie, the first thing you want to see is a stunt between Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Good luck, boys. Good luck. Yeah, well, there's nothing stopping you playing like um, Miles up against the right guard and Clowney up against the right tackle. Nothing. And you're going to see that. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people listen to Cleveland Browns daily. So, you know, they've talked at length about this quote unquote NASCAR package mm-hmm. where now we're talking about Tack McKinley, who lines up maybe on that left side, because listen, Orlando Brown's a good tackle. Tack McKinley's strength is speed. Orlando Brown, his strength is not speed. So if you maybe put Tack out there in that wide nine, and then you have a linebacker shade inside of that and you say, all right, Tack, I need you to drive him upfield. Well, now I've got three rushers and I've got four guys. Well, if one of them decides to double team, now I've got one-on-ones with the other guys. So at the end of the day, the Browns are going to have to figure out how to create mismatches because like we saw Todd Bowles do in the Super Bowl, you have to get Patrick Mahomes off his spot. Yes, 
that throw he made where he's fallen over and he throws it like a submarine <laughs> man, how that running back let that thing went off his chest as a goal line was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen, but I would rather Patrick Mahomes have to make that throw than sitting back comfortably in the pocket with his beautiful white Jersey. By the way, I do love the chiefs jerseys throwing pellets to the outside. We have to get some disruption up the middle. We have to get him off that spot. We want him moving. We want to be able to run things in the backfield uh, uh, in terms of the backside of the defense with John Johnson, with, you know, Ronnie Harrison, with Grant Delpin, who's going to probably get a little snaps. We need to get some pass rush and we need to get it with four. We don't, no blitz, settle down with the blitzing. We don't need blitzing because what will happen is if you blitz Mahomes, he will kill you because that means you got one-on-one somewhere out there. And I'd rather rush four and drop seven. I mean, Jack, remember last year when we were talking about this game, the numbers Mahomes on the blitz was insane. Yeah, because no, if you rush four and you got one linebacker, that's five and five with the O line. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's then, six, six on five. They have we have six in the back. They have five. Oh no, no, positions. so I'm just talking right four, a four D line mm-hmm. and one linebacker. That's five, five. Their O line five, quarterback um, plus Mahomes six. So you've then got Our a one man advantage. Correct. So if you went. Hey, we're going to put two on Tyreek Hill this snap. We're going to put two on Kelsey this. Or even if you went, well, we'll just have a floater in the middle who can try to pick up where it's going. That if there is room to play there, um, even if you say the one linebacker actually, he matches up against the running back. And then it gives you even more options where you're playing what you've got six against their four skill players that aren't the running back, you can then double both Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I and think if, that, if that's that dime if, defense, if we lose because Patrick Mahomes is throwing worldies to Nicole Hardman and Pringle, I don't mind. It's like we've done everything we could and we keep Tyreek Hill and Kelsey to under 100 yards. If, if that's what we lose, then that's on our offense. That's not our defense. Our defense has done more than enough. Um, and that's what I want to see. It's like, hey, get get the dime out there and go for it because we're going to lose through the air. No, the Chiefs are, yeah, they last season were the most efficient running team in the NFL. Why? Because they barely run. And it's like, even then it was, I think, in the mid-20s for compared to the most efficient passing team. So they're going to pass. And if we can just slow that pass game down, don't care about what they do in the run game. Yeah. And if you remember, right, there's two different strategies that good defensive coordinators have taken over the years. You know, Belichick used to say, so I'll take like Brown's personnel, right? He would take Greg Newsom and a safety and take away Tyree kill and then take Denzel Ward and put him on the number two, right. And say, all right, I don't have to worry about Demarcus Robinson beating Denzel Ward. I'm good there, but I now have Greg Newsom. Your job is to play trail coverage on this guy because no, you have a safety over the top. So that's how we bracket them away. This is how Belichick used to take away your best option, right? And then there was the other strategy, which was Rex Ryan, when he was with Baltimore, would say, all right, Denzel Ward, you're on Tyreek Hill. So I'm going to put my mano mano on your guys. And then I'm going to just basically blanket everybody and say, you need to beat my best guy. Those are the two strategies. I would almost guess that Woods probably is going to go for the, the Belichick thing where he's going to say, hey, I'd rather 
you know, I, it's going to be tough to put Greg Newsom in his first NFL start against Tyreek Hill. So you may see them use Denzel Ward in that capacity, but then turning and say, Greg Newsom, there's no reason you shouldn't be locking down the Marcus Robinson. None. Like this is your job. I fully expect a busted play here and there. It's going to happen. We've got a lot of new guys in the secondary. I love John Johnson. Don't get me wrong. I think he's probably one of the most underrated free agent signings in the NFL this year. Don't be surprised if a Hardman or a Pringle or somebody does break one because listen, it's week one. We didn't get a ton of preseason snaps. Denzel Ward hasn't even played yet. So if you do give up a bomb, it's okay. Cause I think the Browns are also going to have one, if not two, long touchdowns. I don't know what the over under is on the longest touchdown of the game, but if it's anything over 40 yards, I'd say take it because I think there's going to be, if not one, I think there's going to be two long touchdowns, uh, one for each team minimum. Yeah, no, and it's one where in lots of games you get busted coverages, but the quarterback's under too much pressure or not talented enough to see it and then not just see it and then have the confidence to execute it. Arm strength. That's a that's a different level with Mahomes because if if something goes slightly wrong, he's gonna see that so quick and then he can he can happily move ten yards to go and make the play. So that is gonna be an issue. Uh longest touchdown, forty four and a half yards. Over. I'd take the over there. And the crazy thing, to your point, you were saying about Mahomes is Mahomes will see you coming and run backwards 15 yards to still throw at 70. I mean, how many times does he do like a fadeaway throw? He just cannons it. And you're just like, what the hell? How do you stop? Like you get good penetration. You're chasing him down. He's like, ha, ha, ha. 60 yards later, there's Tyreek Hill giving you the, you know, the peace sign as he's going in the end zone. So listen, I, I am excited that the Browns defense is going to get a real good test week one. And in the same sense, I'm good to see that the offense is going up against a little bit lesser of a defense, because let's be honest, I think their chiefs are definitely not the best defense. The Browns are going to play this year. And I think this defense leads to some opportunities where the Browns could Get a pretty good rhythm going on. You know, I, I know right there, there's a consensus out there. Vegas has it a six point favorite, which means they'd have the chiefs as a plus, uh, a minus three on a neutral field. I don't know, Jack, man, six points is a lot. That's a lot of points. Yeah, no, and it's, it's a good test before, even if we lose this close, even if we get beat, it doesn't really matter because it's quite nice. We're going to go into the Texans and the bears. And, and that's a place where you can, you build the confidence back up before a Vikings game. So it's this game isn't going to define the season. If you look at Tom Brady, you look at the Patriots, where is it? The Bucks, they generally always started slow. Um, so not really a concern, but it's just great to have that test. Let's see what they can do and, and let's really push it. And I, I want to see the ball in the air. That for me is the measuring stick. It's like, what I don't want to do is we lose because we've been too conservative and it's like, that is where my frustration would be. It's like, let's go for it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. The final phase of this game, because you're right, I want to see them. I want to see the offense be aggressive. We need to take it to the Chiefs. I don't, I don't want to play not to lose type of, type of way. The one thing about this game, the Chiefs do have the advantage on special teams. Hands down, they do, right? This well, is a game. They have a kicker. Yeah, they have a kicker. And listen, I don't know, Chase McLaughlin, Maybe he goes out and Cody parkies it and makes six for six. I don't know. But this is a game where it can be easily won or easily lost with a special teams play. You know, we Browns fans have seen first drive of the season punt blocked by the Steelers. Okay. So Mike Prefer, get your guys ready. I'm not saying that, you know, 
we need to change the game on special teams. But if we fumble a snap, if we commit penalties on kickoffs and we're starting inside the 20 and inside the 10 and inside the five yard line, that's going to be a problem. So the special teams needs to be even or better than the chiefs for the Browns to win this game. Because if the chiefs get rolling and all of a sudden Tyreek Hill houses a punt or something along those lines, this one's over and the chiefs can walk away 14 point winners pretty easily. Next thing you know, you're looking at 38 20 because the chiefs got to pick six in a defensive touch and a special teams touchdown. Yeah, no, it's hundred percent. It's um, I wonder how they use McLaughlin. Is that, is that potentially and in terms of the analytics, a, a, a win for the Browns that they could be sat there on a fourth and two on the 20 yard line and actually say, go, go for it. We trust the offense. We don't rate their defense as highly. We're actually be more aggressive because we don't sit there and go, oh, we, we 100% bank on our kicker making it. Um, that, that could be an interesting one in play where teams are hesitant to do something like that because if it doesn't work out, then you're seen as everything negative. But the actual data says you should be going for that. And um, who, who knows? We, we could luck into because of the park injury, more analytically focused fourth down calls. If that, if it happens, rest in peace to your Twitter mentions, because I can already tell you if there's one person that when the word analytics comes up, Brown's Twitter flocks to it's at J A C K D U double F I N. No, that's not his Twitter handle plug. He'll give you that a little bit later, but I can almost tell you that the minute Romo or Nance or one of those guys mentions analytics, Jack's timeline is going to flood and people are going to call out, why is this guy verified? He doesn't know anything. So Mr. Verified, Mr. Jack Duffin, what is your prediction for Sunday's game? Um, I think we're going to, there's going to be points. I'm going to go 27-30. In favor of? Kansas City. I think friends. it might come down to special teams where a kicker outperforms the other kicker. Specials um, is a big factor. However, it, Jack, you know the Browns have not won a season opener pretty much in many a kid's childhoods. I think 2004 yeah, we, was the last time. Yeah. yeah I, I think there's a danger it could get, be further away. Um, I, I just think we we struggle to win. And I, I think this team will get better. I think, as you said, the, the defense is going to start slow. And that that that's okay. There's a long season and they're going to get better. Um, I just need... If I had another corner that I felt more confident in, I think I might look at changing that. But I'm not ready to knight Greg Newsom and say, this guy's got it when he's not played a snap and he's going to go up against the best QB in the league. Listen, the Browns, we know, have not fared well in season openers, whether it was last year, whether it was the Titans taking us out back to the woodshed. Let me be the first to tell you, Jack, that trend ends on Sunday. Browns 27, Chiefs 24, Baker Mayfield leads the Cleveland Browns on a game-winning field goal drive McLaughlin from 36 arrowhead through the heart of Kansas city. It's 24, 24 Baker gets the ball. Boom, 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 boom. Gets it inside the 20 execution field goal. Browns 27 
Chiefs 24. Browns win, baby. And the Browns have protected four practice squad players. Oh, wait a minute. Jack's hot take. Has um, been, who are the four? Wasn't a surprise to the main two. So Nick Mullins and Chris Nagar. So the QB, because, hey, it's important to protect. Why not a fourth QB, a, a third, third QB? Yeah, you need because that one. If if Baker went down or Keenum got ill, then you want you... another one you can call up. <laughs> yeah, that... and the other the other one is a kicker. I'm guessing Nager can probably do both, or that they feel confident that someone can move around and do the other. Um, because the issue you've got is you don't ever want to be without a kicker punter. Um, because they're not really positioned because of clearing COVID protocols and everything. Get someone else in the edge. Uh, You're talking about Ifidi Odenabel, the guy the they chap. just signed? He, he's potentially one that could be on the roster within the next four weeks. I was going to say, I think he's going to see his way. I, I, I'm, we're not Minnesota uh, Vikings-centered, but I'd be curious why he ended up free. Yeah, and then Jamarcus Bradley, wide receiver. That, that's the, more the surprise name. Yeah, that, that is a little bit surprising, but that just shows you that the Browns, you know, I think – that's one of those ones. Hey, there you go. Defensive end, wide receiver, quarterback, and kicker. Four most important positions in football. Kicker being first. Yeah. All right, Jack. Anything to add? Obviously, is our first pregame. Paul wasn't here to keep us on the rails, so we went past 15 minutes. I think for the, you know, the, the break that we've taken, we had a lot to chat about. Uh, I don't think any of our listeners are going to be too upset. And if they are, make sure to tweet at Paul Brown underscore UK. Make sure you let him know how displeased you are with his co-hosts violating your time constraints that you've set forth. Fun, fun, fun. All right, Jack. Well, like I said, you think the Browns are taking the L at 30 to 27. I think the Browns are going to take the win. We both haven't scored 27 points. I just think the Chiefs are going to score six less than that, and the Browns will shock the NFL. I don't think it'll be that big of a shock. That's why I was a little bit shocked to see, you know, most of those people. I know uh, Sessler was one of the few, was the only one that has the Browns winning, but, you know, Shook and Colleen Wolf, Daniel Jeremiah, Adam Rank, all these guys have the Browns. All of them have a high scoring game, which means that it's going to be 17 to 10, some shin kicking contest. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, Browns winning, I don't think shocks anyone. I think it just carries a lot of, momentum you know from last season and the fact that we just had a virtually quiet offseason i mean you're talking chubb contract i'm talking about the gm's wife on twitter that's all we're talking about and hallelujah kevin stavansky thank you andrew barry thank you paul de podesta thank you you have made the browns a professional football organization and on that note go browns go browns